live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in. A new week is here Monday, January 31st, 2022. One of the two worst months of the year is about to be done within hours. And we lead right into another of the worst months of the year. But is it this year? Because, yeah, there's a cold snap coming. But guess what Dr. Ken Dewey tweeted yesterday? Uh, that thing is going to be way shorter than they originally expected. And this storm from Russia that Mark's been talking about, the Russian invasion of snow into the United States, uh, turns out they are, have their snow forces headed further south than was originally thought. And that is not going to be a significant precipitation maker. And we are back into straight-up cargo shorts weather for really next weekend into next week. And, you know, I was gloating about the I don't know if gloating's the right word. I was celebrating. Right. I was celebrating over this the other day. You know, glo- gloating. You know what I got? Well, gloating is I gloat when I say something I'm correct about, and I've been wrong about this. I've I've openly said I think we're getting hammered here at some point, and, and maybe we still will. But I think celebrating is the right word, and I've, I've celebrated uh, the lack of what I consider brutal, cold, depressing winter, extended weather, slick streets constantly. And you know what I started to get yesterday when I did that? Got the uh, got the global warming people shaming me a little bit. Got a little bit of that yesterday. So I don't know if that's going to endear me in a different way to this audience somehow, perhaps. I guess maybe I should take it when I can get it. But uh, yeah, I had I had people guilting me for rejoicing over, and, and I said, well, you know, I just I'm last February was kind of I don't know if you remember last February it was horrendous. Yes, and, and I, I'm I'm <laughs> glad we're not doing that. It'll probably be horrendous next February. And and uh, and we're we're kind of unusual here because it was 19 degrees in Tallahassee, Florida, over the weekend. Yep, they uh, call us the Florida panhandle of southeast Nebraska in a lot of corners. And Dr. Dewey noted, uh, I think it was Saturday morning, that it was warmer in southeast Nebraska than it was in northeast or northwest Florida. Yeah, he yep. did. He did on that same yeah. on that same one. So they've, uh, yeah, there are going to be two cold days. But, I mean, again, uh, this is me being a hardy Nebraskan. I can take two days of 18-degree highs in a row if it means we're getting back into cargo shorts by the weekend. Oh, now, wait a minute, cool Keith. Russian weather equals fake news. See? No, yeah, it's mean, not fake news. It's just moving further south. There's no way you and this hour were going to hit this full quarter a week in advance. There was it was just never going to happen. So just saying, cool, that. Keith, and your disinformation, just trying to confuse things with what's going on there. Uh, but it, nonetheless, and today, by the way, today's probably the nicest day of them all. Uh, Going to get 60 again today. I mean, it's already 31 degrees right now in the capital city. Uh, so, yeah, so we got a good show today. It's your uh, it's your Monday fair. We'll get you all uh, set up with what happened over the weekend in news, sports, our lives, and beyond. Uh, we will talk to Tim Ruza. We will talk to Dirk Chetlin as well. Uh, by the way, just a note, guys, we are attempting something here starting today that 
potentially, if we make it happen, knock on wood, first time since I believe mid-December, which would be the three of us doing a full five-day week of shows together. <laughs> you just jinxed it. <laughs> Could we actually do it? I don't. I'd need to go back in the calendar, but I think maybe like the last time that happened would have been the week of December. It was 13 to 7? No, it wasn't 13 to 17th, I don't think. I got to go look it up. Maybe 6 to the 10th? Probably. Maybe December 6 to 10th? When were you uh when were you sick, Mark? You were sick for a Between while. Christmas and New Year's. Oh yeah, that was Christmas and New Year's. Okay. I was say maybe it was either the 13th, 17th or 6 to the 10th. So I think we were all here 13th to the okay, 17th. Okay, 13th to 17th would have yeah. been the uh the last time. So here we go. <laughs> Finger back when the Christmas lights are still well, my Christmas lights are still up. By the way, when does that switch to uh, switch from? Hey, cool, they kept them up during January, keep the cheer alive. To I really wish they'd uh, wish they'd take those Christmas lights down or shut them off. Anyway. Or shut them off. When does well, that start? Am either, I there already? Either today, tonight, after you know, tomorrow. Oh, to, it's just the month of January. Or some people go to Super Bowl. Okay, well, I got two. I got two more weeks then. Uh, two more weeks if I make that happen. So there you go. Uh, by the way, I was but definitely to... off for Valentine's. Okay, well that's like the same. Valentine's is like a day. De- okay, Valentine's is what a day, day after. after the Super Bowl. Yep. Okay, well good. I got time. Man. I don't need to um, get through this cold stretch, and then maybe what's nice next weekend I'll do it. Um, by the way, Mark, I tried to uh, put your you know kind of the the news you could use there from uh, Carla's segment on eye health with blue uh, blue screens mm-hmm. with with screens everywhere and, and blue light. Tried to um, tried to take heed and look away as I was listening to the news. Look away every twenty minutes for twenty seconds to something right. twenty feet in the distance, and I was going to do that here. I don't have a direction I can look right here that does not have a screen. <laughs> Uh, Caleb and I, Caleb's like looking out, we're looking out windows everywhere, there's a newsroom, there's three screens there, there's a studio there, there's a screen on in there, Uh, I think I can kind of go out this window, but I see reflections of screens in that window, so I'm... Well, when when the weather starts playing, you need to run out in the the hallway by the coffee machine and look down towards the froggy studio, because that's 20 feet and there's no screens. I'll do that, but then sometimes I end up seeing Nelson with his shirt off, which I don't know if is any better for my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) That's the real radiation. That's that's the real cause of macular degeneration. Uh, Yeah. Uh, we had a car into a uh, building this weekend, guys. Into Moose's Tooth. Holy moly, did you see the pictures of it? $75,000 in damage. Looks like more than that, to be honest, but jeez. That's the initial estimate. And uh, uh, dri- driver had a, was uh, evidently had a long Saturday night or a very early Sunday morning. It was like noon, wasn't it? It's was 12.30. 12.30. But he had a blood alcohol content of .339. Went hard on the communion. Yes. God. Four times the limit. And uh, making that right turn many of us have from uh, 27th on Divine. Yep. And I actually uh, did one of those barn door type turns, you know, up onto the median, hit a sign, overcorrected, up over the curb, into the northeast corner of Moose's Tooth. Was he, go- was, was he going uh, North northbound on 27th? 27th. So, I always do think those buildings are, seem a little close to the, the street there on, on 27th there. I always kind of wonder about that but uh boy but he and, took, and then and took the, the corner too wide took it too wide and then the media came in 
in oh, the media. Oh, and it came in on the Vine Street side? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, I pictured that wrong from what it was I was... the northeast corner of the building. Okay. Oh, the so. northeast... Jeez, that is not... That's not how I expected that would have happened if you had told me it had happened. I would have just yeah, expected... I got a full rundown from Captain Max Hubka this morning. Took the corner too wide, hit a street sign in the median, overcorrected, came back Jeez. across, jumped the curb. Were they open? Uh, was the Moose's Tooth open that day? Uh, uh, could have been. I'll check. Um... Well, nonetheless, I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, the way it looked, I'm glad that they. Uh, glad nobody got hurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're open twelve to five on Sunday. So, so, yeah, exactly. Man, Lincoln keeps its. Uh, and then what? Threw it in reverse and got out of there. Yep, they caught him about four blocks away. <laughs> How could they tell it was them? <laughs> well, there were witnesses, I guess. That... I'm gonna guess the car might have had a little. <laughs> yeah, it has a, a bunch of REI equipment all over it. <laughs> So if it didn't, that is a tank of a vehicle. Yeah, Where can I get one? I can't believe you just throw it in reverse and get out of there that easily after that after that happened. So, uh, but in all seriousness, glad uh, glad nobody was hurt. And uh, that's a we were talking about. We were talking about my, my my wife wants to get into snowshoeing, uh, which is a, like a interest I had no idea she had. And we we were talking about that. I was like, we we were gonna go. We went about went to the Moose's Tooth uh, like two weeks ago. So you really? just walk around in the snow. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like I said, every once in a while in a marriage, even after twenty years, your your uh, spouse will tell you something. You're like about themselves. You're like really, huh? Really? She did that the other day too. She was like, you know, probably my favorite candy is hot tamales. I was like, Oof. I don't think I've ever. Well, I've never been in a room with you in, in hot tamales. <laughs> I had no idea you liked hot tamales that much. So anyway, we keep expanding the, you know, the the soulmate kind of thing we have going, even after twenty years. So, Good. never forget, Caleb. Always a lot to learn. Keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. I'll uh, <laughs> give you that same advice when you get married. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Well, it was kind of wild. Uh, few <laughs> wild weekend. Police wise, they were busy. What else happened? Well, last night about 7.30, a uh, uh, 27-year-old and his 51-year-old father got into an argument up north on Garver. Father got out a sword and started swinging it at the kid and hit the furniture. And What is it with uh, Lincoln and, like, so. sort of old-timey weapons sometimes? In the years I've been here, we have had attacks with, like, swords. We had a medieval mace at one machetes. point. We've had machetes. Yep. Okay, it's a good thing. I let, uh, My javelin is not here in town. Well, I, that's a good thing. It would be an <laughs> item in... Uh, uh, there'd be much desire for it no. in, in Lincoln. I'm, I'm waiting for someone to just launch someone off of those catapults <laughs> that they used to use in medieval wars. So as he's on flying through the air... And about is that one. a trebuchet? <laughs> a what? I, I laughed, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> Neither do I. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll Sounds it. French. It, yes. Um, it's it's like a catapult, but it's the rather than it being kind of spring-loaded, it's more weight-bearing and swings around. Okay, you're smart. Uh, and a guy walking down... Uh, you asked. <laughs> guy walking down Antelope Parkway and uh, O Street about 1.30 yesterday morning. Yeah. Hopping off a few rounds into the air. Shooting. <laughs> Shooting bullets in the air? Yeah. Wow. A pistol that he'd stole from a friend a few hours before. What? So he's in jail. Seems like a good reason to steal a pistol. Uh, okay. Is this Deadwood? What's happening here? 
All right. Where's Matt Dillon when you need him? Busy, uh, busy weekend. Uh, Chiefs fans, if you're up and listening to us this morning. Move on to something else. How you doing? Move on to something else. Holy cow. Listen, I I, I have my Ph.D. in bad ways to lose games, but, man, that one's going to burn. Did you hear how loud Arrowhead cheered when they won the coin toss? Yeah. Yeah, you just hear Joe Burrow. He was upset. It was as, it was as if they'd already won the game because yeah. that's typically that, that's the way it goes on the coin toss uh, that for overtime. Little tip ball and picked off, and uh, oh. Joe Burrow and his uh, looked like Michael Vick out there scrambling on third downs. Oh man! Oh, another another really good day, full day of football yesterday, and our Super Bowl is set. Bengals Rams in two weeks. That is not the prediction you had at the beginning of the year. I said Cardinals Titans, which, by the way, in about October, that looked fantastic. <laughs> that looked really good, that but then they all got ago. ravaged by injuries, so yes. it didn't end up happening that way. Just to point out, it easily could have. It easily could have. Um, and I was I was kind of quiet about it this week because I know. I have so many Chiefs fans in my orbit, and I was even once kind of a Chiefs fan, but being the NFL vagabond that I am, with all the connections to Nebraska, I had a really hard time not adopting the uh, the Bengals, and so, yeah, I was, sorry, Chiefs fans, I was kind of pulling for the Bengals yesterday, but now I feel like I can be uh, out and proud about my Bengals love for the next two weeks. Oh, for sure. So I'm, uh, I'm this is a, can we agree this is a pro-Bengals uh, yes. show for this the next two weeks? This is a pro-Bengals show, Pro-Bengals sure. show, pro-Bengals show. I mean, you got all the connections. You got Zach Taylor, of course, former former Husker. You got you got Joe Burrow, who for a while lived here in Lincoln, went to my kids' preschool. Uh, we got uh, you got Stanley Morgan, who plays for the team as well. Uh, you got Joe's dad, who is a, obviously a Husker coach mm-hmm. and a Husker player. Um, there, there's there's a lot. I'm probably forgetting some other connections that are out there too. Uh, Bill Callahan's son. Yeah, Bill Callahan's right. son is uh, what the OC there mm-hmm. for uh, for Cincinnati. So if you if the one thing you needed was a connection to Bill Callahan to start cheering for the <laughs> Bengals, now I've got you covered. Yeah, multiple connections to Bill Callahan. So I'm uh, I'm all in all in on the Bengals here for the Super Bowl, and I I look forward to that as well. Uh, and then the other thing that stuck out for me for the week, other than Nebraska women's basketball doing what they do, although it got a little close at the end, but got a little close there for a bit. But, but that's, mean, that's why you get a big lead I and mean, you pad that up. And uh, watching Alexis Markowski car people up is becoming is replacing where volleyball was in my heart for just soul crush. Oh, you you, type you, you mean three Kowski? <laughs> What's her? What do you know? What she is for the year yet? Uh, she's what fourteen for seventeen or something. <laughs> As a, as a starter, she's 14 for okay. 17. Yeah, but even, I mean, the thing is, she's get, at first she was like, you know, she was like 5 for 7. She's like, well, that's not enough to qualify for the minimum number of and shots. She went 3 for 3 yesterday. Minimum number of shots here. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got to go to the stats page to get that, not the roster page. Well, that's not to, smart, that's not to tell you how to use the website. What is she for the year? I'm um, scrolling. 14 for 19. 14. <laughs> For your center. <laughs> like, think about if Dikembe Matumbo was coming out just shooting threes. What's 14 divided by 19? Hold on, I'm asking my watch. Oh, my goodness. Hold on. It's, it's 73%. By 19 is approximately 0.7368. 74% three-point shooter. <laughs> anyway, the other thing, kind of in the same vein, though, 
you know, as as women's sports uh, mm-hmm. satisfy for me that need to just destroy the opponent right. and, and killer instinct and so forth. Uh, Nebraska volleyball showing the killer instinct in recruiting. Oh my gosh! Hey, we had we had thrown this out there on yeah, the possibility. You did. You did. Yeah, and it, 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 it felt like a, a pretty good idea. You told Baylor she was transferring, uh, the Penn State middle Yeah, that, that she was transferring and that, and he was hey, like, Ooh. and that it might be good for Nebraska. And guess what? Caitlin Horde, multi-time All-American, four-time All-Big Ten, coming to Nebraska for her final year to replace Lauren Stiverance. So, you know, to go up front with All-American Kayla Caffey but, but, as we put our all as we take our All-American setter away from setting. I love it so much. Folks, if you only knew. Uh, I am going to, Baylor is not going to be able, Baylor feels like he always has to like calm me down about my optimism. It is going to be a long several months of Tuesday mornings for Baylor. <laughs> Will Nebraska volleyball lose a set this year? Oh, gee. <laughs> it's going to be a long day around here. Jack's telling Caleb how to look up stats. Jack's getting his watch to do me mathematics. About French weapons in medieval wars. 625, it's KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Alright, let's go. 31 degrees in the capital city at 638 this January 31st, 2022. Uh, Alright, we got a lot to get to in the Sound Off, so shall we do that? Let's check in on the situation at the Russian-Ukrainian border. You know, uh, we're gonna and we're gonna get to this more in the sound off later. But Caleb, the uh, Olympics start this coming weekend, Friday, right? Opening ceremonies. Yeah, and uh, that's when they said Putin off and wants to do his uh, invasion. He likes to do his invading February fourth. So, uh, you know, perhaps you're going to see some movement on here. Maybe not, though. Uh, let's get the latest. Uh, the the UN, the United States, the UK, other of the countries, or NATO, I should say. NATO uh, countries are kind of, I don't know, backing off maybe isn't the right word, but sort of tamping down the rhetoric on exactly what they're going to do in terms of personnel in the region. NATO Secretary General reiterated no NATO forces would be deploying to Ukraine to help stop a potential Russian invasion. This comes two days after President Biden said he would be sending a small number of American troops to Eastern Europe. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has followed suit, announcing, quote, I have ordered our armed forces to prepare to deploy across Europe next week, ensuring we are able to support our NATO allies. This package would send a clear message to the Kremlin. We will not tolerate their destabilizing activity, and we will always stand with our NATO allies in the face of Russian hostility. All right, so there there you go. Now, so if not personnel on the ground at that point, what if, uh, well... What about the sanctions? What about the economic sanctions? And now uh, the British say, hey, we're, uh, we're going to be in with the U.S. on these sanctions big time. Britain is joining the U.S. in warning Russia of sanctions if Ukraine is attacked. The government here says it would target people and companies with the closest links to President Putin. British Foreign Secretary Liz Truss. The number one thing that will stop Vladimir Putin taking action 
is if he understands the costs of that action. President Putin's spokesperson says ramped-up sanctions would amount to an attack on Russian businesses, and he said Russia would respond. In London, Simon Owen, Fox News. Just how much impact will will those sanctions potentially have on Russia and their decision making on the, it you know there's part of it where hey that you know that's the thing that speaks to him that's good but on the other hand uh, and this is just obviously a, a you know a feel or a premonition thing but it just it sounds like he's going to do what he's going to do uh, to some degree regardless of regardless of any of that with all the rhetoric going on and then you get this so it, if you didn't already Caleb have everything basically just a, a crud show for this Olympics between COVID right. and between the Russia-Ukraine situation and between, you know, everything that goes along with them being in China. China throws this one out there. Now, this is, a, this is quite a take from uh, the, the Chinese government here. But they've got a theory about the United States's United States and their plan, the country's plan via the Olympics to sabotage the entire Olympic Games. How will they do it? Well, take a listen to this plan. China's foreign ministry and an official Chinese state newspaper claim the United States wants to interfere in the games by paying athletes not to give optimal effort in competition and to criticize China. The U.S. Embassy in Beijing denied the allegations, and a spokesman told Reuters that, quote, U.S. athletes are entitled to express themselves freely in line with the spirit and charter of the Olympics, which includes advancing human rights. The U.S., Canada, Britain, and Australia are employing a diplomatic boycott of the Games due to China's controversial record on human rights. The Olympics start next week. Oh, Kevin Uretsky, Fox okay. News. I get what they're doing with half of that. I get what they're doing when they're saying, hey, the U.S. government is forcing these athletes to say bad things about us to get their message through their athletes. I don't think that's happening, but I understand mm -hmm. why China would promulgate that as a theory, especially to their own citizens. The part of it that I don't get is that they're sending them there. But as part of what they're doing, though, is to make sure that they say mean things about China and also lose at everything. Right. Because that is what really gets you a big platform at the Olympics. Not, it's, it's that's, being, not, that's it's, not the wildest theory I've heard surrounding athletics this morning. <laughs> I, had, I also had one. But I mean, like, nothing says, hey, let's see what this guy uh, thinks of the Uyghurs when uh, he takes a tumble four meters into the slalom. Right. right? I mean... You get the platform by winning. Right. Don't they... They're going to want to talk to the goal. I just don't... Yeah, nothing's going to... If I had a plan to sabotage the Olympics and their messaging through the United States team, I would not pay them to lose. I would cheat for them to win. Mm -hmm. Everything. Right. I'm just telling you, not saying I'm doing it, not saying I'm not, but if I were doing it, they've got to think about their fake plan they're accusing of the U.S. <laughs> a little bit better because theirs makes absolutely no sense. Why, why, would you go, why would you go and have them lose, potentially, to a lot of Chinese teams or Chinese individual uh, athletes, and then when they lose, uh, yeah, I don't get it. Someone didn't think it through. 
when will we know if this is happening? I mean, what sport should the U.S. definitely win? I mean, it's not like it's it's not so much like uh, what in the Summer Olympics you got like women's basketball. I mean, nobody beats the United States in right. women's basketball right. ever. They haven't lost a they haven't lost an Olympic game since like the seventies or something. I'm not sure if you've got something like that in the Winter Olympics where the U.S. is just owns the sport. I mean, I don't I th- even know I what think, the U.S. I typically cur- I best. I think curling's the favorite this year because of they they won last. Canada's time. always good at that. So that's the thing. You got Canada in the Winter Olympics. That really complicates a lot of things. I wouldn't say the United States is a heavy favorite across anything in the Winter Games because you have your North American rival of Canada right here, in, in the, and, then and, they, and the Northern European team, uh, countries are so good. Well, you get the ski, you get the skiing sports. You, I mean, you got the Swiss, you got the Scandinavian teams, well, you got Austria, you got uh, all the, and then you got you know, Germany, maybe Italy. the snowboarding stuff. Snow, there it is. That's what it is. You nailed it. It's snowboarding. It's the uh, Sean White, Lindsey, Jacob Ellis. And yeah. how about that? I can name two of them right there off the top. There you go. Right off the top. If U.S., that's where you're going to know it. If the U.S. is off the metal stand and all the snowboarding, then never mind. China was totally right. <laughs> well, and not only if... Sean White like, seems like a guy you could pay to lose, If, if sure. they are off the metal stand and just being loud as heck. If all of a sudden Sean White gets in there and he, you know, he needs the bunny slope for the snowboard. <laughs> How do I get up? By the way, that's absolutely what I would do on a snowboard. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, we can't think of it. Snowboard is definitely the one, though. Good job on that. You figured that out. Because it's interesting. It's always interesting in the... Well, you've got, like, I think the United States uh, has done well with, like, the slalom. Okay. The, the, like, the downhill skiing. But, again, the, you're, you, the European countries are really solid. But, but they've got a bunch of... Yeah, they're the, going to be really But then you good. go to, like, the speed skating events for the United States is good, but, like, South Korea... Is good in the in, Korea so good in like the short track and the long track, and then the Netherlands in like the for so, some reason my countrymen yeah, and women in yeah, the long ones. The Dutch are so good at that. Isn't it so odd how there are countries that are like really good at specific sports just because they've concentrated that? Like yes, South Korea in short track speed skating, Netherlands in long track speed skating, um, and, and I'm the sure Jamaican bobsled team is qualified I again. That's awesome. <laughs> all right, anyway, we'll see how that uh, theory goes. Uh, all right, what else do we... Oh, we got that... Uh, hey, everybody fired up about some uh, Supreme Court nomination talk for the next six months? I can't wait. <laughs> Illinois Democrat and Judiciary Committee Chair Dick Durbin said on ABC's This Week, even before the president's pick is revealed, he's telling Republicans... The nominee will be available for you to get to know them. We're going to make sure we have answers to any questions you might have. But Arkansas Republican Tom Cotton said on Fox News Sunday he's not sure there's a Biden nominee he can support. I've seen dozens of his nominees to the lower courts, and they've almost, to a person, been left-wing ideologues. Retiring Justice Stephen Breyer says he plans to step down during the Supreme Court's summer recess, late June or early July. Gernal Scott, Fox News. Um, yeah, uh, by the way, spoiler alert, Tom Cotton isn't going to be able to support him, so we can just end the I don't think I can for this whole thing. Uh, you know you know what was interesting that I... I had heard heard and read about and confirmed this weekend that both Reagan and Trump, prior to their now it was um, Trump before uh, Amy Coney Barrett and Reagan before Sandra, Sandra Day O'Connor, both of them said Reagan in his campaign, Trump at a a rally, 
before the nomination said, I'm going, I want to nominate a woman. I'm going to nominate a woman. Mm -hmm. And then came through and actually did that. Um, Trump said at the rally even uh, that he said, we don't know who it's going to be yet, but I want to nominate, I'm going to nominate a woman, which is, it's interesting. I don't know if adding the race in makes it different for people or they, or if people feel that's different or maybe they don't feel it different they didn't like any of those with that whole thing but there's a bunch of polling coming out now with how many republicans and even democrats don't like the idea of saying you know having the prerequisite at the beginning of this i'm going to name somebody of a certain gender and of a certain race at this point although at least with gender it's not it's not necessarily unprecedented um at least in what was being said with those presidents so interesting to see how people react to that but you know People don't get too fired up about being consistent anymore these days. <laughs> Sorry. I shouldn't do that. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, let's do something that, yeah, Tom Brady. Retiring or no? He's retiring. He's definitely retiring. No, he's coming here's, back now. Now he's coming no, back. No, oh, man. He was going to retire. You could be. That actually is not a completely crazy situation. He's been sliding. Here's now. what happened. He was going to. It leaked the day before the championship games. He wanted it to be on his terms and on his timeline, right? Mm -hmm. And so when it leaked, he was mad, and he said, well, I don't know. I don't know. And I wouldn't rule out, I guess, that he's changed his mind, but there's no doubt that he at least was going to retire. ESPN is still reporting that the football star is retiring. Brady's agent did not confirm or deny their report. His agent released a statement saying that Brady would be the only one to announce his plans with complete accuracy. Last Monday, Brady was asked about retiring on his podcast. He said he will, quote, know when he knows. My wife is my biggest supporter. You know, it pains her to see me get hit out there. And, um, you know, she deserves what she needs from me as a husband. My kids deserve what they need from me as a dad. Multiple outlets reported that Brady told the Bucks GM that he hasn't made a decision yet. Okay, how, here's this first scenario. Well, I do think his plan was to retire. Uh -huh. What if he, he decides, you know what, I want to do this on my terms, so I'm going to do the whole Kobe Bryant farewell tour year. Oh. R.I.P. He, yeah, he'll announce his retirement. Announce it he's a, prior he's, to the season. He's retiring after the 2022 I mean, Roethlisberger did it with, like, three games left, basically. And then, you know, there was all the fanfare that happened with that. Mm. I don't know if Brady's that type of guy or not. I really don't. I mean, he could. Could he get Gronk to come back for one more year? Because if, if Tom retires, Gronk's retiring. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll see. Uh, I think we'll probably hear some of this. I still think odds on is that he's he's leaving, but th there's a, enough weird stuff happens with this whole thing that him saying, you know what, one more year and that's the final one. And, and just have an end date on it, that would help. So we'll see. But, but, I'll tell you this, as long as he's still in the league, I still have someone older than me playing football, which makes me feel very good. <laughs> By four days. Four days. Four days older than me. I, I haven't actually checked. I assume there's nobody. There could be some random kicker, I suppose, or someone who might be older than that. Is he the, is he the oldest active player in the NFL? I need to check that out. So if I was still, if I was still like I was playing in the NFL, if I was playing in the NFL, I would officially move to number one as the, uh, the oldest one. And uh, speaking of it, the NFL, 
We got our Super Bowl set. Who's fired up? Bengals and Rams. The Rams are an early four-point favorite over the Bengals to win Super Bowl 56 in just under two weeks at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. The first 54 Super Bowls, no team played in its home stadium, and now it'll happen for the second year in a row. The Rams, like the AFC champion Bengals, came back from a double-digit deficit Sunday to win the conference championship. The Rams trail the 49ers 17-7 at the start of the fourth quarter. Los Angeles beat San Francisco 20-17. I'm so proud of everybody, but got one more. Rams coach Sean McVay on Fox TV. From 31 yards, McPherson and Cincinnati is heading to the Super Bowl. First time in 33 years on CBS, Bengals came back from 18 points down to beat the Chiefs in overtime. 27-24, Jared Max, Fox News. And we've identified ourselves as a pro-Bengals uh, show here. Um, Sorry to John Bishop. I am looking at the same thing you are. It, it's not looking good for you. The, the next oldest person is four years younger. Andrew Whitworth, uh-huh. who I saw him on the podium yesterday. It's so funny because Whitworth plays for the Rams, and he was on the podium yesterday when they won the NFC title. I was watching that, and I was like, man, Whitworth has a really gray beard, <laughs> like grayer than mine is. He's 40 years old, uh, which he just turned in December. You go to other sports, Albert Pujols, the oldest at 42, born January of 1980. For baseball. For baseball. Basketball. Udonis Haslam, he's been playing forever. June of 1980, he's 41 years old. But you go to hockey, and Zdeno Chara of the New York Islanders, March 18th of 77, older than both Brady and me. I'm getting a Chara jersey. I'm all in on the Islanders this year. Vale has like five favorite hockey teams, so I can just pick up a... a I'm sure he's got an extra Chara jersey for you. That's it. That's the only one. So Zidane Chara is the only of the major four professional sports. I could check the WNBA and check some other things. Uh, But of those major four men's professional sports, that there's anyone older than me playing. It used to be kickers would play till they're 45, 50. Didn't Bobby Orr suit up when he was like 52 at one point? (sighs) Oh, man. Aging. Oh, uh, Sue Bird's 41. Sue Bird's 40. Yeah, she's been playing forever. Yeah, she, she's the oldest player in the league. 41. Dang it. Dang it. Uh, last but not least, uh, to update you on the latest reboot for Netflix. What has it? When we were going through TV themes, it was funny, Caleb, on Friday. Request on Friday, which, by the way, I think we broke a record for texts yeah, and songs requested on, request on Friday. But we went, all of these old ones we played, have all, it felt like all of them have been rebooted or are going to be rebooted. Uh, but one that we, uh, we didn't play from that same kind of era of kids' shows, 80s kids' shows, that has been rebooted as a movie in the past, but will be rebooted again by the power of Grayskull. <laughs> The live-action film based on He-Man Masters of the Universe has moved from Sony to Netflix for a summer production start. The Mattel film lived at Sony for years. Kyle Adams, who played one of the Jets in Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, will play Prince Adam, a.k.a. He-Man. In the film, an orphan named Adam discovers he is a prince destined to be the savior of a faraway land and must quickly learn of his power and the importance of saving his true home from an evil force. Mattel introduced Masters of the Universe in 1982 through a line of action figures. The animated series premiered the next year. Michelle Polino, Fox News. I have the power. Who's going to be Orko? Man at Arms. Tess, Tila. Tila. I remember. I was I was mm-hmm. big into that show. Uh, by the way, thank you. Uh, to, we're hearing a lot of you talking about our mic levels today. We are efforting that. <laughs> 
Caleb is... I don't know. <laughs> Caleb's efforting it. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. But I just want to say thank you for the text. We uh, we are aware. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. 656 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Your message. Thank you for all your messages. We'll see if this is any better, if we can get it turned on. Uh, yes, it's LNK today with Jack and Friends at 659. All right. Uh, 7 o'clock hour, we'll have your morning drive. The five things that you're going to be talking about today. A little bit from Tim Haruza. Nebraska News, Politics, Lincoln News and Politics coming up at 810. Dirk Chatlin at 835. It is 7 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. <laughs> Hey, 709, welcome back, LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Hey, we uh, we have received and we appreciate, I'm not even like saying that sarcastically, we, we appreciate all the, no pun intended, feedback on, uh, on the way that we're coming over the air right now with a, a little bit of... A uh, little, little bit of uh, issues through our uh, mics, some of the spots as well. We've got our crack team working on that right now and uh, hopefully going to get it fixed here. In the meantime, for some reason, I'm going to talk very slow. Like I feel like that can trick the problem. <laughs> not, I'm not, not quite sure what that is exactly. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I do apologize for that, and uh, we are working on it. Thank you for – you guys have helped us narrow it down to exactly what is happening here. So thank you for that. Bear with us, uh, but I appreciate everybody who is, uh, who's listening today. Caleb, I wanted to, I wanted to pose, a, uh, pose a thought to you. We, of course, spent the time – usually in the first segment, we hit on some Husker sports stuff, and notably absent from that conversation, most of the time for the last two or three weeks has been, well, what sports – Nebraska men's basketball. Nebraska men's basketball. We choose to revel in the women's basketball team and the ridiculous volleyball recruiting wins and some <laughs> of the things happening with football right now. But, I mean, I'll tell you what. I, I, I'm as... Uh, I, I, I think I'm about as big of Nebraska basketball fan, long-time supporter, long-suffering supporter as you'll find out there. Um, logged a lot of hours in the Devaney Center and Pinnacle Bank Arena. Um, but, man, I have gotten myself to a point with this team, and I, I hate to say it, I hate to say it, but where, and I, I haven't been here, man, I don't know how many times, if ever, I've been here with this team despite the struggles in the past, where I don't, like, I don't want to put myself through. It's not fun. I guess that's the way. And the, the potential... For fun is hard to find, mm-hmm. and so what does that mean for for me practically? It means I don't do what I would normally do with the Husker football games or you know volleyball games, even women's basketball games now as well. And always for basketball, men's basketball game throughout my life is appointment viewing. I you know if if I can go to the game, I'm going to go to it. Right. If I you know can watch. The game I'm 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 going to watch. I'm going to make sure I'm around, being able to keep track of the game live. That's that's what the the change for me has been. Is that I don't it, like Saturday night. I had nothing going on. We, we had we had a ridiculous stomach flu going through our house, and so we were all. I was sitting in my basement, and so I I watched the whole game anyway. Then, but there's been you know three or four games this last month where. It's been like, oh, I got, you know, 
you got something else going on. Um, normally, I'd be upset about that, or I try and tweak things so I can watch while I, while I uh, instead of doing what I had to do. I've done. I'm. I just don't do that anymore. I really don't. And so, um, it's a sad. It's a sad spot to be in. And so, like the the question then is, what next? If if either. You know, I'm there. Other people are there, and you don't have to. I mean, you can look at the attendance at PBA. Uh, were you Were you there on Saturday night? No, I still wasn't feeling well, oh, yeah. so it, for for that reason, I didn't go cover the games. In but person. you could see it on TV. Yeah, still. you could see it on you could see it on TV. Um, and you could. What was crazy when when Webster missed that first free throw? He missed the first free throw, and then they do the camera shot. It, <laughs> this was they do the camera shot where you see his face, and you can see uh, what would be the south mm-hmm. s- south area of seating, and you could just see people packing up and leaving uh, right at which it was a huge hail mary at that point to to come back and win with just a less than a second left. But with that being the case, and I don't know that I am the ultimate sort of litmus test for the fan base, but I don't think. I think a lot of people are where I am right now, and that's a place that this program, despite all of its issues, hasn't really been in. Mm-hmm. That place has been that place has been full for some teams that don't have um, a, a, a shot at the NCAA tournament. There's a, there was always some kind of underlying hope about the current season or a fun moment during the season or the future, the the next year or a run at some point, and it's gone for so many people and. And I think that really is going to, and I mean, just whatever the opposite of of positively gaudy is, the record right now. We're gonna have Dirk on at eight thirty-five, and he pointed out that uh, Hoiberg under in the Hoiberg era under Power Five team against Power Five teams, Nebraska's record is worse. Five wins mm-hmm. is worse than in the previous years of the program worse than Nebraska's record against number one or number two ranked teams in the nation. <laughs> I mean, wow. So it's like, you know, it's like you're playing a national champion every night, no matter who you play Yeah, with that sort of a situation. And I am just, I'm just not the guy, whether it was frost, whether it was miles, whether it's been, I'm usually not the, I'm not the go on the air shock jock fire the coach type person that's just not who i've been because i i tend to favor stability in a lot of these programs i definitely wasn't with miles i wasn't with frost um but i don't i'm trying to envision a scenario caleb that outside of financial constraints where where you can justify going forward in some fashion without making a change at the top and i it stinks that we are here at this point. I don't relish it at all. But I don't know how you can't. I mean, there's no way you can avoid having that conversation with where things have gone with this. And and to me, and I, I'll be curious what you think, I can only, as a fan of this program, there is only one scenario, I think, where I would say, okay, maybe, maybe it will take some time and it will come around. I don't know that that would happen for sure but the only scenario that that is is if somehow Bryce McGowan's would somehow decide to stay another year right and to me that would be a that boon. is that is your that would be the escape clause for the program that would be 
because I mean, let's face it, he's he's the best freshman. He still got his issues, of course. I'm not saying he's perfect, but I mean, all you need to do is watch one of the national broadcasts of the game, and he's the 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 announcers are raving about him. He's up still in the first ish round of the NBA draft in projections. He's probably he's got a good shot at being the Big Ten freshman of the year. Mm-hmm. Got several Big Ten freshmen of the week. He's putting up twenty points. If somehow, and, and again, I know you're going to say he's not going to do it, Jack, and I agree. Mm-hmm. But if somehow, to me, that's the that is the one potential escape clause from doing right. that, escape hatch from doing that is if he would come back, and then everyone else, at least those who you wanted, but I'm talking about Derek Walker in particular. Um, I mean, Virgil be gone, Kobe will be gone. Those guys are out of eligibility. But Walker in particular, you bring Breck Braden back, and you actually have a team next year, okay? You have a team next year where it is, your starting lineup is, is and maybe there's additions, but your you're seven at the beginning of the rotation are guys who have a year of experience mm-hmm. at Nebraska. McGowan's, McGowan's, Walker, um, uh Let's see who else would would be in that. Wilcher, I guess. Um, Kisei, Tominaga, Bradenbach coming back. Yeah. Uh, Eduardo Andre. Eduardo's if you made, that, if you had that new, jumps. Yeah. He's, he's, if you had that, and I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying this is likely. Uh, I'm not saying this would fix everything. But if you're, if you're Trev Alberts and you're looking at the situation and you're looking at that buyout number, okay. That buyout number, by the way, is eighteen and a half million. That's that is the that's the one scenario I think that maybe I don't even know if we say could justify it. That is your best chance at an escape hatch. Bryce comes back; those others come back. You make changes. You do what you did. Probably renegotiate the buyout. Mm-hmm. You, you do what you did with Scott Frost, right? Right. Um, and then you bring in you bring in some additional talent, of course. Got some recruits coming in, um, and or or do something just completely ridiculous like swing Isaac Trout from Virginia. I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying. I am trying to think of scenarios where it's not where I mean where it's not a completely done deal. Right. Because you look at anything else, you look at anything else, and it's a by no objective measure is it anything but a done deal. It's not even. I mean, to me, it's not even in the ballpark of where Frost was with the decision at the end of last year. It's it's significantly worse. Yeah, it's... Here's the thing. When when watching the game on Saturday, my fiancé is not a sports fan. <laughs> and then that, that's, that's to say it lightly. She just... There's no interest in it. But she's paid attention enough, and I talk about it enough, that it got late in the game, and she says... Has it gone wrong yet? <laughs> and I just go, you, you know could what? Feel like, it. like, like you just know it's going to happen. Nebraska's had it where they've played well enough to win games for thirty nine and a half minutes. You know it's going to go wrong at the end, and you don't. You just can't. Well, you just got to get one. You just got to get one one of these times. Okay, well, that's out for this year. Yeah, it's when when you talk about how many wins can they get, it's like does does one or two wins matter that much more than, than going over. It's nice to have them, but you, you should have had more. Now, looking at next year, you're right. I, I'm i just going to tell you, Bryce isn't going to come back. Um, 
he, he's he's got a chance to uh, like outside of an injury where it would be you've got to come back because you're not getting drafted because of right. that injury. Um, now that said, you talk about enough other guys that could be coming back for continuity, and that's that's the problem that you've had. These good recruiting, you've had a couple of good recruiting classes that have looked good, but you just haven't had enough continuity with guys being in the program for multiple years, coming in as freshmen and yeah. developing. That would be a, a reason to say, Hoiberg, it's you've got you've got through the 2022-23 year because then you've had some guys that have come in as freshmen and sophomores and and they've been around, but you have to have something but, to show for it. Yeah, but uh, if Bryce leaves, I mean, I assume. It's unlikely Trey stays around, right? If Bryce leaves, um, I I could be wrong about that, but I've I've kind of been assuming that. I can't imagine he'd be the only departure. Mm-hmm. I mean, welcome to college sports in in twenty twenty two. How much of that are you even getting? If it's a if it's a one year thing after this, like with who? Derek Walker stays around another year, maybe. Yeah, it's. I, I, there just hasn't I been just, anything to show that you're going to get continuity beyond another year. I, I see what you're saying. I, I don't see an objective scenario where you can tell the fan base, tell, I mean, and I don't like it, but I just don't, I can't imagine looking at this thing outside of that scenario and saying, yeah, other than for strictly financial reasons, nothing else mm-hmm. that you, you couldn't, that you wouldn't go that way. When you see that, that so, and I guess well, I don't know another if, if thing. That's, could... Another thing that's frustrating about this is that you have all of these these recruits from in state, and I'm always going to be one to advocate on the side of the recruit that if you want to go somewhere and it's not in state, absolutely go do that. But it is frustrating to see you're not winning, and you're not winning with what would be like our guys, right? You know, like like it, it's not someone that you can go and say. Well, at least you got the kid out of Omaha North, or you got someone out of Grand Island, or there's someone from Pius playing for you. And you can go at least watch those guys and say, hey, they're developing through the program. I watched them through through their AAU ball and high school ball, and they're developing, and hey, they're probably going to be a decent contributor at the very least, maybe even a starter as an upperclassman. You don't have any of that. You, you, and you've got quality talent leaving the state that right. you're not getting. And I'm not, listen, I'm not saying the entire uh, roster has to be made up of Nebraska kids, but let's be honest. The le- talent level, Caleb, in this state for basketball for the last five years, seven years-ish, has been at a different level than when you know you were playing. Yeah. Or, or I mean, it's, it's at a brand new level mm-hmm. with this. And Nebraska's cashed in on none of it. None. Really, none of it outside of some walk-ons who should still be a part of a pro- the program. But man, Isaac Trout, Chucky Hepburn, Hunter Salas, and I don't know that you're going to get all of them. But you know, St. Thomas at Loyola. I just went and saw a kid from Central play two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. He's going to Loyola Chicago too. Um, <sighs> there's been a, there's been enough Division One talent in the state to have the guys at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I mean, to me, that's the one scenario. that That is maybe the one and only scenario where 
You know, but the interesting thing is, I know uh, it, I'm going to ask John Bishop about this on Wednesday. He he and I talked about it. He, they actually ran a poll on their show on on their 1620 show, and I think it was running about fifty fifty. This was two weeks ago, maybe fifty mm-hmm. fifty from the fan base on what to do. I don't know if that's changed. I'm not saying that decides what's happening, but your hail mary at this point, <laughs> and I don't want you getting in trouble with the NCAA early either. But somehow, if you keep Bryce McGowan's for one more year, that's your that <laughs> keep Bryce one more year, renegotiate the contract, make changes on your staff, get a new philosophy here with a lot of these things. That would be your you get one more shot. But objectively, five wins against Power Five opponents, a, a bunch of them were in that most of them were in that first year. I don't know. It is this, hard to look this, at. This, uh, that PBA is going to feel even more empty if you're rebooting again with a whole bunch of brand new players mm-hmm. next year. 725, sad place to be in. Selling K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Waking up in Capital City with the help of Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's get it started with number five. Cincinnati Bengals were the NFL's worst team two years ago. Now they're headed to the Super Bowl to play the Rams in the Rams home stadium. It's the boys, it matched the biggest comeback in an AFC championship game. They rallied from an 18 point hole to stun the Chiefs in overtime 27 24. Rookie Evan McPherson made a 31 year old, uh, 31 yard field goal. And won it. Now the Rams overcame a 10-point second half de- deficit, took the NFC crown, 20 to 17, when Matt Gay made a 30-yard field goal with 146 remaining. So, I guess it was the uh, day of kickers again. Let me uh, let me put forth a, a suggestion to how we could uh, maybe all benefit from this locally. And this is uh, you know I was, I was putting forth a long shot. Last segment too. Well, that's something that could work. But it, Caleb, if you can, if you can think of something that proves me wrong, um, go for it. But I would be surprised if, in the last decade, there is any other college that has two of their former athletes. If Zach Taylor does it, two of their former athletes leading a professional team in their sport to a championship, to a world championship, yeah. Super Bowl title. Like I'm, you know, who else do you have? You know, the, the the NBA. I mean, you go back. It's just I I don't think that's probably happened. Has that happened in any decade before? That'd be an interesting question as well. Here's the crazy thing about this. Do you remember for about a week this was a story? Do you remember when the the Dodgers were flirting with hiring Darren Erstad from Nebraska? <laughs> do you remember that? Like. There's a how crazy that could have there been. There's a scenario out there where that could have actually you could have added a third given what happened with the Dodgers in the years after that. Uh but nonetheless, all of that said, how about instead of uh how about instead of just posting the hey, congratulations to our former player for their success as a coach? You actually uh, make it as a recruiting pitch to the university. Hey, if you want to go to the NBA, 
you know, uh, we, we've sent Delano Banton, we've sent Isaiah Roby, we're going to send Bryce McGowan's. If you don't go to the NFL, you know, you got Levante Dave, you got all these guys out there. Or if you think your future is as a coach, <laughs> if you think your future is as a coach, oh, by the way, you throw volleyball in there as well. Oh, in shoot, terms yeah. of in terms of coaching, as well, this is the best place to go play if you want to be one of the best coaches in the world. Just trying to get a leg up, folks. <laughs> Just trying to get a leg up, folks. I think that's a, a pretty good uh, deal for Jeff Mall and the Convention Visitors Bureau to work on. I guess so, but I'm just thinking there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, good players who think their future might be in coaching after the fact, and uh, you know if if Zach gets a title, I think we need a uh, like a Zach Taylor, Teron Liu sort of coaching. We need a hall of. Former players who have won the world championship in their yeah, I'd in their be inter- I'd be interested to know how many former players have gone on to to win championships like that. Right, and of course, obviously, former players at schools have obviously won championships. But have you had two in different sports over a ten year period? Yeah, like you had with uh... now the Clippers are struggling a little bit this year under Teron Liu. Still kind of pulling for them, hoping hoping they can do something like that. But I don't know. I don't know. And we're Steve in work- Kerr went to Arizona, by the way. If you're thinking about the Golden State Warriors, and it, I don't think Arizona has a former football player who's done something like that. And we're pro Bengals show. By the way, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we, we've, 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 we've made we've, that clear. Yeah, we are. Well, yeah. How can you? Uh, outside of John Bishop, who's a big Rams fan. If you have no dog in the fight and you're here in in Lincoln, I don't know how you can't be a pro Bengals. Uh, plus, LA, plus, you know, Los Angeles, they kind of they did the thing where they bought all the best players too. I mean, on paper, that roster they've got they've got like you, 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 Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller. I mean, what three of the best ten players on defense the last decade? Right. I. As we all know, I went to college near St. Louis, and they had the Rams in St. Louis when I was there. The way Kroenke got the Rams out of St. Louis and back to L.A., shiesty at best. At best. Yeah, the Kroenke, yeah. yeah. Nobody wants the Rams to win here. Just, 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 trying to, uh, just trying to figure out a little way, a little way to figure this out. Uh, Craig wants the Rams to win. Craig says go Rams. Okay, everybody but Craig. Craig's going for the Rams. Okay, good for you, Craig. <laughs> Craig's not all in on, <laughs> on, on this. That's the challenge. Fine. I, I'm going to see if I can do this. Fine. If there is any where, where the last time this happened with former players from one school winning world championships. I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure you can find well, them, but can you find them this close together? Well, the thing is, I don't. For most coaches, especially at the professional level. I don't think about where they went to college. I know. I I would go. I would just do it off the top of my head, but I don't know where outside of it. I knew Steve Kerr went to Arizona, so yeah. I threw that out there right off the top. But other than that, it's a little bit more difficult. It's a research project. Okay. It's a research project. But <laughs> anyway, a, it should be a fun Super Bowl. I'm excited for the Super Bowl. I'll bet there's a grad student that, we, that could uh, come up with that research project. Probably. Or I could just Google it when I get home. <laughs> that too. That's also a, uh, a possibility. There you go. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll think about that, but uh, should be a good Super Bowl. Looking forward to it. By the way, you know what's going to be the real story of the Super Bowl, though? 
that halftime show with uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, and Eminem. You think the reaction to Shakira and J-Lo shaking it was bad? <laughs> you think the reaction to The weekend going through the tunnel was bad and the weird artsy-fartsy thing that he did? <laughs> oh, man. Wait until, wait until Twitter reaction to Dre, Snoop, Eminem, and Kendrick Lamar on the halftime show. Are they going to do the Applebee's song? <laughs> did you guys did you guys see that at halftime? That was one of the funniest things and the, the hilarious thing and what we're referring to is if you watch the halftime of the Chiefs game on CBS, they were trying to do the halftime show they set up on the field. And for the Chiefs decided to have a concert of uh, of uh, who is it? Who sings the Apple? Is it Morgan Wallen who sings the uh, Applebee song? I don't know my country singers. Or is he the one that got in trouble? Whatever. Uh, it's the guy. Give me the name of the guy. Don't text me. Caleb's looking it up. Uh, anyway, Walker Hayes. Walker Hayes. Morgan Wallen's the guy who got in trouble for something else. Walker Hayes. Walker Hayes sings the Apple Crazy like, or uh, Fancy like, like Applebee. Applebee. My daughter loves night. that song. I call her downstairs and I was like, "You're gonna love this." They can't do the halftime show because he's singing the Applebee song so loud. Kansas <laughs> <laughs> City crowd. Bill Cowers talking. I can't hear a word coming out of his mouth. <laughs> Number four. Spotify said yesterday it led content advisories before podcasts discussing coronavirus. The move, of course, follows protests of the music streaming service that uh, were kicked off by Neil Young over the spread of COVID-19 vaccine misinformation by podcaster Joe Rogan. Spotify chief exec Daniel Eck laid out more transport, uh, transparent platform rules given the backlash. Now, there was other music people that uh, also said Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell's said she was going to and that's to me that's a little bit more of a hit for me personally than neil young i would say but some people say matt but if i don't know if there's going to be more of these mark but if they are that will neil young leaving alone wasn't no putting the pressure on spotify in my mind but wait until taylor swift says something then the well, then the game changes well, if they take off the Shimaleski Brothers polka music. <laughs> Mark's out. Mark's canceling his subscription immediately. Yep. At this point. <laughs> I don't know. You think a warning will placate the uh, the Neil Youngs and the Joni Mitchells of the world? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. The, because... que- the question is, is it going to stop? Is it going to stop? Like the, They're okay with that. They can do that. But you, if you get in some more rarefied air, in some more current air, that will change. Uh, the way that they deal with this, but they're all they're doing is cutting off their own dollars and cents. Well, y- yeah, that's what I'm saying. But if Taylor Swift leaves, then then it gets real, and inter- then you have a real choice what? between dollars and cents. Oh, you mean the artists? The artists. Well, they. I mean, yeah, they have a. But they believe in a. Sometimes people do that when they have a something they believe in. Plus, they have many many dollars anyway. So it doesn't matter. No kidding. Yeah, I'm sure Joni live Joni Mitchell's uh, living in a palatial mansion in Canada somewhere. Probably. Yeah. Actually, I heard she was looking at uh, one in Beatrice. Well, so. If I'm listening to Joni Mitchell, by the way, I'm listening to it on vinyl. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. no doubt. Which of those are some? I'd like to get those. Eight track to get to number three. Board of Education uh, holding special interview meetings this week, tomorrow night, and Friday night, seven thirty. This is with the new uh, with the four superintendent uh, candidates. Uh, tomorrow night, 7.30 to 8.30, Peter Licata. I believe he's from uh, Florida. Just <laughs> hey, a- Peter. Hey, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> you see the 
see the forecast? <laughs> there could be some snow. 8.30 to 9.30. You don't have that in Florida much. 8.30 to 9.30 tomorrow night is uh, Antoine Wilson. He, of course, is from uh, as uh, one of the professors at uh, Nebraska Wesleyan. And Friday night, 7.30 to 8.30, Paul Gaussman, uh, South Sioux City. And then from Norfolk, 8.30 to 9.30, uh, Jamie Joe Thompson. So okay, I will They say are going to be streamed. Uh, you can go. You can be there in person. Uh, but you have to follow all the protocols. Uh, what they are asking is that if you watch one, to watch all four. Here's what I would say, just uh, the, the, the kind of the gut reaction to this whole thing. Um, and we'll see what they all say, and that will play into this as well. But... You look at the background and the resume and all those things, Antoine Wilson stands out, not only being a product of, of LPS, but having experience in different parts of the country and big districts, but he's got that thing with that lottery system in D.C. How much does that impact the decision and how he's looked at by the decision makers in this whole thing? Because... I, to me, otherwise, he would look. He he would on paper. He would look like the favorite for this. Yeah, and there's there's a lot and already in the you know already in the school you know in the area. Um, familiar there, with very familiar with the district. There's lit, uh, there's li, li, literally uh, questions about that DC lottery with his daughter, and it, it may not be an issue for him actually. Why do you say that? Well, there's, there's still not. It's not entirely yeah, clear exactly what how happened. It, and I, yes, and, and so it's fair to see. I'm not passing judgment on her right no, now because no, I don't not. know, but, but no either. Pub- but I just wonder how that plays into yeah. the entire. Decision. The, the public and, oftentimes lets those types of things play into their uh, their decision making when it probably should. And then, of course, I'm sure they'll all get questions on the uh, you know school board hot button issue, issues, masks, book bans. Uh, well, health, bathrooms, health education. Health education. Yeah. Those would probably be kind of the uh, the Mount Rushmore of the hot education topics. And I'm right sure they, now. I'm sure all four of them have done their homework. What's going on around here? Yeah. Now the the public will not be allowed to ask questions of them or participate in the interviews. They will be able to submit uh, comments uh, online afterwards. What can we get any of them to do about, you know what, I'm done with this after this year, so maybe I don't care, but about the uh, pickup situation at elementary schools and these elementary schools that were designed for all the kids to either walk or go on buses and now have five bazillion parents waiting to pick their kids up. Holy cow. That's, that's something that LTU and the uh, school district needs that, to work on. They should on. bring them all out. <laughs> they should bring them all out to one of these elementary or, or I'm sure middle schools too that are uh, plopped in these neighborhoods where they, they weren't used to having this kind of volume of parents go through and do pickup and drop off because it is... Either that or they're going to have to go to staggered releases in these elementary schools. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We will see. Just listen. Follow, follow the lead of the parents who have the fifth graders, okay? They're the ones who know what they're doing out there. That's what I. That's all I would say. Number two. <laughs> We're two years into the COVID nineteen pandemic, many restaurant chains have had to close locations. Eat this, not that. Has shared eight restaurant chains that are getting smaller. Among them, Ruby Tuesday, Boston Market, Golden Corral, both Ponderosa and Bonanza Steakhouses. Also on the list, Steak and Shake, Quiznos, and Fuddruckers. Wait, Bonanza was is still a thing. Some places. I know that. Oh, I think they have one in Des Moines that is still operational. I think, 
Every time we go visit the in-laws, I'm like, do you think that Bonanza's still here? We should go to Bonanza. I want the old-timey Bonanza experience where you take the tray, right, and you order your chicken Monterey or your steak or whatever it is, and then you, you get that, and then they give you your salad plates. And they got that giant block of cheese right in oh, the yeah, middle of the right. salad bar. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> and you go through that salad bar, and then you're eating your salad, and they bring out your meat, and it was, I don't know, going to Bonanza, that was a big deal for me as a kid. That was the, that was one of the first all-you-can-eat experiences, like buffet style. I know it was just salad bar, but that I really ever have experienced. And believe it or not, I was a fan. So I didn't know that existed. Same with, uh, I know Fuddruckers is still in Omaha. That's changed. I mean, I, that was the same thing. Fuddruckers blew my mind the first time I went there. Yeah. That one at 72nd at Dodge in Omaha. Yeah, I was like, all these toppings are for my burger, and I can use as many or whichever ones that I want? We used to go to the one Blew in, my mind. One in Kansas City. I don't even think it's there yet. Yeah. I think it's gone. The Omaha one is still there. We, I took my son to it, and we had a basketball game up in Omaha, and I was like, it doesn't feel like 80s Fuddruckers, some of the... And it was COVID, so they didn't have, like, the serve-yourself topping thing, which was really what made That's, it. That was the whole deal. Yeah. yeah. I, but I think some of these plays have been shrinking for a long time. Number one. Well, with Valentine's Day around the corner, the average date costing 100 bucks or more, WalletHub released its report on 2022's best and worst states for singles. They help uh, unattached Americans improve their chances of finding love. 50 states were 31. 31, right kind of in the middle there. By the way, one spot ahead of Iowa. Now, where Link, or excuse me, where Nebraska ranked the highest? Yeah. Third ranked on dating economics. Yeah. Only South Dakota and Utah have better dating economics than do the state of Nebraska. Nebraska 39th in dating opportunities, though. So if you find the right opportunity, you're going to be able to afford it. So that's the good thing. California and New York rank one and two on dating opportunities, but 49 and 50 on the economics. By the way, if you're wondering where the worst opportunities are, North Dakota, Wyoming, South Dakota, Idaho, and Arkansas. Avoid those. Really? If you're single. How about for romance and fun? Oh, is that a rank? Is that an actual? Oh, yeah, that's the actual ranking. California, New York, Florida, Texas, Pennsylvania. The least romantic and fun places, New Mexico, Delaware, Alaska, Arkansas, and West Virginia. Followed closely by well, Mississippi, Wyoming. Hold on, are we higher That's than because them? the most romantic you get in those states is a uh, family reunion. Hey, by the way, eight spots ahead of Iowa. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> eight spots ahead of Iowa in romance and fun, too. Uh, of course we are. Uh, they've, never, they've never been to the, uh, what, what was the place you took your wife in Sioux City? Uh, Applebee's. Applebee's. Yeah, that chain not getting any smaller. <laughs> Thanks to the song during halftime yesterday. <laughs> 7.55, and that brings it full circle on LNK Today, KLIN. When you're... You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. 7.59, it's LNK Today with Jack and Friends. 8 o'clock hour, replete with content. Of uh, Tim Herza, talk uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, news, politics, and more with him. Uh, Dirk Chatlin, 
for joining us. I'm going to continue my quest to see if any other college sports program has put together the potential, the potential of two pro championship winning coaches this close together as potentially Lou and Taylor do. 8 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. I start walking your way, you start walking mine. We meet in the middle, meet that old Georgia pine. All right, welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Well, Tim Aruza and I, instead of spending our time prepping for our segment, while we were sitting in here, we talked about Applebee's and karaoke. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and we, we might have some sweet ideas coming forward for because KLIN listeners Tim, here. When we were talking about chain trick, Tim talked about how... Uh, uh, not only is the Applebee's song that ruined ah, the yes. halftime show, yeah. but you mentioned they're now using the Cheers song for one of their commercials, and people are unhappy about that. Applebee's was doing fine using the Walker Hayes tune in their commercials all fall, right? So right. since that song blew up beyond anything ever that you could ever imagine. Also, Walker Hayes' story is awesome, by the way. Google that guy and read his Wikipedia oh, page. Like two years ago, he was working nights at Costco to to make ends meet, and now Hold he's on. like... He's got a sequel coming then. He, do, he he's does. Got a he's already got a Costco song, doesn't he? he? No, it's the, this one's called AA, right? So his new single is called AA. It's, it is ex- about exactly I'm what... Fancy yeah. like a barrel full of pretzels. Now this one's a little bit different right so check that song out if you get a chance i i'm a i'm a country music like when i run i either listen to podcasts or i'm country listening music? to country music playlists weird and it's always really? oh it's always like the like the the hot emerging country light right is what I, there's like a listen. couple of fresh country right so it's it's singles that haven't hit the radio yet that i listen to well i always so. say you can take the boy out of ord but you can't take the ord out of the boy oh there's some cool up and comers that are coming out but yeah walker hayes aa is already on the radio i'm, I'm pretty sure that one well, well, by the way it came up because that cheer song oh, yeah. seems like the best Derailed. ever Care, to me, I would just sang it like my version of that song. It was really good. I don't know what you guys thought. I thought it was really good. And hey, will you play? It was very loud. My computer <laughs> up real quickly here. I want to see what it sounds like on. i just if I ever do karaoke again, if this might sound good here. Uh, hold on. Oh yeah. Come on. Takes everything you've got. <laughs> Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Oh, it hits my range, too. Wouldn't you like to get away? Okay, so I, I, I'm not going to give you the whole thing. And then that led me to, which, that led me to, number one, of if I ever sing karaoke again, I'm going with that song, no doubt. Because it kill in a bar, right? In a karaoke I, bar? I don't know that I've been that, to karaoke where that's not been sung. Oh, is it all oh, sung? Oh, it's pretty regular. Oh, I've, I thought I had a great idea. That's one of those, and then, like, you get everybody, everybody sings together, everybody sing right? Everybody sings together. It's a guaranteed yeah. hit yes. at karaoke. Yeah. It's an easy song to sing. It fits my range. That's kind of like the duet, the the picture, you know, Sheryl Crow, yeah. Kid Rock. That's every that's, uh, karaoke. As a, as a, at one yeah, time in my life, I was going to karaoke regularly. Really? That's one of those. Oh, yeah. Yes. Dang, I thought yes. I, like, unlocked a cheat code here for karaoke. Yes. No. Well, Man, I, maybe, could, I mean, maybe. Because everybody's going to sing along. It's easy. Yep. You're going to hit yep. a home run, which then got me to the idea, which Caleb has immediately vetoed, and I'd asked him to think on it, sleep on it. Oh, Elton John and Kiki D. Hey, by the way, get healthy, Elton. Okay? Right? Get in that bubble for a couple of months. 
Don't go breaking my heart. You get geeky deep. No, but that, so this guy, my new idea. Do do we need to make a special edition of Request Line Friday? I'm Kara- telling you, karaoke version, karaoke competition. We do it or we, Ticket you, Thursday. You do you do a Ticket Thursday merged into Request Line Friday, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. you get two contestants. Start on Monday. Po- put a post up and get some volunteers. Pick a couple of contestants. They come on on Thursday and they sing. They do their karaoke version, and then you vote it, and you give the tickets away How? during during uh, Request Line Friday. Question. Karaoke K-L-I-N. Yeah. K- question. On call performance on Friday morning for the winner. I assume if you're talented... This is perfect. Social if media you, If you're talented, it wouldn't Content. be hard to sing karaoke over the phone with our backing track playing over the phone. I don't know how hard that would be. Maybe there's a delay. I don't know. No, I, not over the no, phone. There wouldn't be a delay. No, there you're fine. Be a delay there. It might. And that might I not think, sound good. I you test you it. Do it. Test it. You guys run a test. Caleb does not like the idea, and frankly, he's been. <laughs> all you Caleb's guys never talking, said no before. All this you guys are a... talking about is just like all of the extra work I would have to do for this. I'll pull. Up, no, uh, you don't have to do anything. I'll pull. Up, I got. Look, I just pulled up the cheer song like that. Boom. Couple social it. media posts. You haven't picked their song ahead of time, right? Once you get your contestants. Come on, request line Friday karaoke. Everybody wants it. They get it. They get twenty four hours. I've been hearing a lot about it in the community, even though I just brought it up five minutes ago for the first time in my life. I'd say you're outvoted in the studio at least. It's already so getting you no buzz longer get a vote <laughs> in the coffee shops around town. Oh, uh, uh, I suppose we should talk about uh, now. There's now there's going to be a palpable buzz over the the people. People are going to be talking about karaoke request line Friday, karaoke ticket we, giveaway, karaoke contest. I, KLIN karaoke. Let karaoke LIN. Hey, what? <laughs> I don't know what to call it, but we're brainstorming Karaoke here. L-I-N. <laughs> well, well, and our two next two request line Fridays are set up. We got open line this Friday, and then next Friday is a Friday before Valentine's Day. Ooh. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to have Chris Lofgren come in for every single one and be like, oh, yeah. We you know what reminds me? We should have Chris Lofgren read special messages. Was, no, 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 no. Have him slow jam the traffic, right? Like the. <laughs> <laughs> remember when they used to yes, do slow jam, jam the news? The news on, yes. <laughs> do the slow jam the, cra- the traffic mm, with Chris Lofgren on Valentine's Things Valentine are moving State. very slowly on the 14th and Superior <laughs> roundabout. Very slowly. There's oh, a couple boy. of backups, but it's feeling right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this could go a bad direction very quickly. Oh, okay. Eddie, what about yeah. anyway? What about Eddie that? Uh, what about that first district congressional race? Huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a yeah. hard turn. Now you you brought up something uh, interesting here as we did take a brief. Uh, break from our talk about Applebee's and karaoke. <laughs> We've covered a lot of ground this morning. <laughs> and you mentioned so Fortenberry has has um, gone in on on this ad thing and with statements referencing a Mike Flood vote uh, back, I believe, in 2012 when, during his first stint in the legislature when Dave Heineman was governor. That had to do with prevent providing prenatal care, government funded prenatal care to um, undocumented immigrants. Right, yeah. and yeah. I, I, I remember the debate over that, and the, there was kind of a, a, a different kind of pro-life thing going on around that, and Flood said, and Fortenberry criticized him for that. Flood came back and said, "Hey, I thought this was a pro-life issue. In fact, we had the backing of these pro-life groups." Yada yada yada. Um, you guys have, I'm sure, read and heard about that by now. But you you pointed something interesting out that I hadn't thought of because you said that reminded you of 
what Dave Heineman did against Tom Osborne, which wasn't the exact same thing, but he made immigration where Tom Osborne wasn't as hard right on immigration um, as Heineman. He made that the issue of that election and then did what at that time seemed like the unthinkable in 2006, the primary uh, yeah. for governor and beat Tom Osborne in the state of Nebraska. How much, how similar does the playbook for Fort Mary look here in a race where, frankly, kind of have what looks like similar uphill odds with this thing? It most definitely brings in a, a hot-button issue early on, right? So immigration gets voters riled up. It gets people, it gets people interested. It's a very hard-line, high-profile issue that folks talk about, right? That's what so, Trump went on. Let's I mean, be honest. That's here, what Trump went on. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and right out the gate, he started making moves on it, build the wall and make Mexico pay for it, mm-hmm. was um, kind of the rallying cry of the Trump campaign laid into it and probably had a lot to do with him winning and then um, carried him through into his first term, uh, well, his only term, at least for the first couple of years there. Um, but but immigration is always a topic in Nebraska politics, too, at least since I've been paying attention to it. Um, you go back to that the 2012 vote or whatever, um, when Flood as Speaker, I feel like, didn't they override Heinemann's veto of that the thing? Right. It was a really hot-button, high-profile, high tons of votes, and... Um, kind of forced that thing through in a, in a different way, but you had you had the pro-life groups split over it. So, I mean, I remember reading um, quotes from Nebraska Right to Life in support of it, right? Asking people for it. I feel like the Catholic Conference was involved, asking people, um, asking senators to vote uh, for that. But, you know, we mentioned and we talked about kind of the Tom Osborne versus Dave Heineman issue. Heck, you don't even have to go that far back. Jim Pillen's opening statement when he jumped into the race mentions immigration. Charles Herbster's been down to the border and ran ran at political ads with him down at the border. There's a there's either polling out there that suggests that immigration is one of the highest ranking issues for Nebraskans, or politicians across the board are talking about it for no reason. So um, Fortenberry doing this is a, a calculated play. It's also a, a pretty, like I said, high-profile way to take a shot at the guy who just came out against you in a Republican primary where voters on the Republican side care about immigration. Let's go back in the legislative time machine, which is the least fun time machine that you can have, but let's go back in the legislative time machine. <laughs> Ten years. Boop, 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 boop. Set it under the DeLorean. Here we are in 2012. Final day of the state's legislative session. Lawmakers overrode Dave Heineman's veto of that bill. 30 to 16 with three present but not voting at that point. They needed the 30 votes. They got exactly the 30 votes. The one senator that was quoted in a lot of the stories that went national on this, the speaker at the time. Absolutely. Mike Flood. He says, if I'm going to stand up in the legislature and protect babies at 20 weeks from abortion and hordes of senators and citizens are going to stand behind me and that's pro-life, then I'm going to be pro-life when it's tough Two, he said on the floor, Dave Heineman said, most Nebraskans and I agree we support prenatal care, but in the case of illegal immigrants, it should be done by churches, private organizations, charities, private individuals, not the use of taxpayer funds. So 
just taking you back to what was actually happening if you forgot or weren't following in 2012 to give a little context to that whole thing. Yeah, so override the veto. I mean, it's it's going to be a big issue for Mike Flood. And here's the thing, too. We talked about this a couple weeks ago last week or the week before when he announced. That's part of the value and, and the gravitas of him as the candidate running against Fortenberry, right? Yeah. Is that he's got the experience. Whether you like it or not, I mean, that if Fortenberry can convince voters that that's not good for, right, as a candidate or as the candidate in the Republican primary, then, then all for it. But Flood right there, a leader on a big issue, a consistent pro-life voice um, on the conservative side, and these guys are going to start start fighting, right? That's that's what we do in competitive and, primaries. And let's be honest, too. Part of the reason why I think uh, that Flood looks so good for, for a number of reasons right now is he is going to pull some maybe independent, maybe right-center, maybe left-center voters as well um, based on his perception and or his record but as well. Remind you, too, Dave Heineman stood right next to him that's at true. that press conference, endorsing that's- him out of the gate. Um, so they're at least uh, somebody, better, somebody should ask Heineman about this. They at least don't. Somebody should ask Heineman about this. <laughs> they, they're at least on the same page as far as um, Dave Heineman's belief that Mike Flood, even regardless of that issue, uh, should be the next congressman. Hey, do you so. see uh, see Morfeld's tweeting about a high speed train between Lincoln and Omaha again as an <laughs> as an alternative to the lake? Yes, they had a hearing. Well, not an alternative. I get. Well, maybe he jumped well, into it on the Twitters, and I haven't followed it. Yeah, but, you got, but I think I think I saw him tweeting the lake that, that we ought to. Stop at the lake. You can hop in. Tunnel. Tunnel. <laughs> Dare I say channel? Right? No. Uh, maybe not. Uh, Give me a fr- where can I get a friggin' high-speed train that goes through a lake to take me to Omaha? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that idea continues to come up. He's had this bill a couple years ago, right, to, yeah. to do a study. Yeah, I think the last version was like 50000 bucks. This one's a couple, you know, $500,000 uh, to do a study on the feasibility. But, hey, why, I don't, here's my big question. I just am not convinced personally that Nebraskans are commuters yet, or like our our public transit commuters yet. There are some signals that we're moving, like, and maybe it would work. Maybe people would jump on the train to go to Omaha shopping for the day, but I just don't see it yet. I feel like we're a little bit too... uh, too rural, a little bit. I mean, even in the big city, right? We're still small-town folks. I'll tell you, you know who it hurts is the Lincoln Airport. Wouldn't help the Lincoln Airport. To be able to jump on the train, I don't know. You still got to drive your car downtown and park. I mean, by the time I got, I don't know from where it house, stops. Do I have a stop right by my house? Take, I think pick the, up I, my bags and walk to the train stop. I think the idea is to use the existing tracks. So it'd just be a like a, a yeah train. I don't know if it's an Amtrak train, like the Amtrak station down in the Haymarket to downtown Omaha or whatever. But if I commuted to work, I would be interested in it. If you commuted to Omaha to work, yeah. If I commuted to Omaha to work, it'd have to be convenient. Well, if to, I'm going to a like a late night concert or something. From Omaha to well, Lincoln, I'm going or, to a concert in Omaha. Otherwise. No, I live in Lincoln. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sold on. I hey, I, the study is a valuable study. If we're going to spend money, we might as well spend some money and see. Uh, um, but if it goes to the lake, would you change your mind? What if we didn't? If do, you just, <laughs> what if we didn't do one, but we did both? I don't think I don't. Jack Mitchell for legislature. <laughs> You can have it all. <laughs> I'm like I'm like the guy running for student council that that promises an extra pop machine and pizza for lunch every day. Kool Aid in all of the water fountains. <laughs> all right, we're we go. We're out of time. We're too much time for talking about karaoke. Applebee's. All right, it's uh, eight twenty four on KLI. Bye, Tim. <laughs> Before you hit that drive time, stay alert with Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN.
He's a five-time Nebraska Sports Writer of the Year. He asks the tough questions. But most importantly, he occasionally retweets Jack Mitchell. It's the Omaha World Herald's Dirk Chatelain. All right, it's 838 on LNK Today with Jack and friends, and we uh, chat with the Omaha World Herald's Dirk Chatelain. Good morning, Dirk. How are you doing today? Jack, it is going to be 57 degrees yes. today. Uh, I am feeling good. Hey, you know what, though? Just a warning. I have gotten, uh, I've been doing the chopping off weeks of winter thing on Twitter and on this show every time the forecast looks good. And I now have uh, global, global warming shamers coming at me now and saying, hey, maybe you shouldn't be so excited about this. And yeah, so, I mean, it actually, a little, it is a little bit offensive. I mean, I, I if, uh, <laughs> as if you, you open are, up the interview talking about how if, happy you are, <laughs> if you, if, if we were serving your audience, well, you know, we would be rooting for the occasional blizzard, uh, yes, just to, exactly. just to balance the scales of the climate. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like last February, you know, probably kind of did us okay for that uh i would like to plan it to survive but i would also can i still can i still like cargo shorts days can i still can i still get excited when they shortened the cold spell and they said all the snow is going to be south of us and we're legitimately looking at a possible situation that i didn't expect with no terrible stretch for an entire winter i'm sorry yeah if that makes me a bad person i'm sorry yes uh we we uh we need the moisture, as the farmers would say. So. That's true. That's true. Well, let's just get in. Let's have a fifty-five degree March-esque rain shower on Valentine's Day. How about uh, that? We did. We hey, we did that about three years ago, and it led to like a month of flooding. So uh, okay, wow. Okay, like, I'm not gonna dirt. say anything, Dirk. Jeez. <laughs> Don't you know that there's no good answer for this stuff? Dirk bringing cancel culture to my weather comments here (laughs) this morning. Okay, Dirk, I know one of the biggest reasons you do this segment with me is because I come up with all your column ideas. Got a new one here. I know you wrote about Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow. I enjoyed it. But how about this? You go back, and I've already done a little bit of the research. But how often and how many times has it even happened in, in any period of time that two players uh, who, who played at the same school in different sports then won pro championships in those sports? And, of course, I'm referencing Teron Liu and the potential of Zach Taylor. Within a decade period of time, it could happen. I went through all the Super Bowl and NBA championship winners the last 15 years, and I don't see any crossover so far at this point. I haven't gone through baseball, but I'm telling you, here we go. It's the new recruiting pitch. Not only could we potentially put you in the pros, in the NBA, or the NFL, but we could also make you a championship-winning coach here if you come to Nebraska. Jack, why are they even? Why are they recruiting players in the first place? Just recruit them as coaches, and if they perform a little bit as athletes along the way, uh, it's gravy. Nebraska could be, uh, you know, forget performance in college on the court. I mean. They're not really doing that right now anyway in football and men's basketball. So so why not just turn it into sort of some an internship? Yes, an internship for future coaches. I mean, how many times do you see a college program say, hey, generally our graduates go straight up, straight into Google, straight into the top law firm. That's where we place them. We've got a track to put you on that. How about a player to coach, like a, a Tree Rollins type situation when he was well, a player coach? And think about the possibility of, of seminars, I mean, of clinics. You could have Frank Solich come in uh, and just deliver this, this tremendous 
presentation on that end of it for uh, for Nebraska future coaches. Um, that was a, a slight dig there at Frank's uh, verbatim, but anyway, uh, no, it, this has got this has got great potential. And frankly, the way that Nebraska is, is playing in basketball right now, uh, I, I think I would take any sort of redirection. Uh, any sort of moving of the goalposts would help at this point. Can you imagine signing day for next year? Now, I know this guy's only a two-star, but I'll tell you what. He looks like he could coach this team in a couple of years, and we literally would like him to do that. <laughs> uh, Jack, there are crazier recruiting ideas out there. Um, you know, this this could be the, the, the cutting edge of the NIL movement. We're going we're gonna to line you up with... Uh, you know, with a deal at at the at Muchachos uh, for, for 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 the for the hottest grad assistant coach in the country. I'm telling you what, it is not the it is not the worst idea. Of, by the way, they're actually all jokes aside, they're kind of doing that with Nicklin Hames in volleyball, sort of like they're moving her to a different position and also like setting her up to be a, a grad assistant after that. I mean, look at what do you know? John cook being ahead of the curve of everybody else on something. Wow. Yeah. It's actually, it actually might be the only way that uh Lincoln public schools kids get scholarships in Nebraska. Too. Wow. Wow. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hurtful. Um, uh, they could use a few of them on the basketball team right now. But anyway, nonetheless, nonetheless. Hey, I, I, I read your, uh, uh, but I do want somebody to look. At, I'll try and look it up. But you should, uh, you should, you should help me with I'll that do, research. I'll do your research. And I will see, look it up. You, oh, and by the way, just another aside. Here's a crazy alternate world that isn't that far away. You remember when the Dodgers were sort of flirting with Darren Erstad to be their coach? Yes. Imagine the slightly alternate world where Darren Erstad got that job. Probably wins a World Series, frankly, just because the Dodgers are the Dodgers. I think we point. can basically count that. I, I think, think we so, can too. Count it. I mean, almost getting the job or being in negotiations to get the job is basically the same thing as winning a championship <laughs> for the franchise. Is starting to look in the other. Does Nebraska have a WNBA? Uh, I got to look into this. Do I have this? Did Anna DeForge ever coach in the end at WNBA? I don't know. I think, but Nebraska may be the uh, the actual ultimate coaching uh, destination for former players. And I think you just added to your re- recruiting repertoire. Um, one of the things you pointed out, I thought was really interesting uh, with the the. Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor sort of thing that's going on with this is where I like sort of assumed they're kind of like sim, you know, there's sort of a similar feel with both of them. And then I read your piece and I was like, yeah, maybe not so much. They kind of each have their their different style. You wrote a, you wrote a column about this in both of them and, and kind of comparing and cr- contrasting them. The Nebraska background, sort of what they say and how they carry themselves. Now, what what kind of inspired you to to take a deeper look at that? Well, um, I mean, first of all, we've the Zach Taylor thing is really interesting, and, and people care a lot about it. But but the Burrow, I mean, Burrow's got so many connections at Nebraska to this point, which you know have been well documented. Uh, that it's, it's actually fun to write about them together, um, just because of you know their, that shared connection they have in Lincoln. And and as I as I wrote a little bit today, uh, Burrow is a very different personality than Zach. He's got a different skill set. Uh, but he's just got this this uh, this cockiness. Zach calls it uh, sort of the edge um, that that makes him you know go into Arrowhead Stadium just as he went into Alabama and thinking that that he could win. Why wouldn't he win? Um, and he just kind of carries himself like a you know like an old uh, 
like an old rock star or something like that. And I think to, to Zach's credit, um, you know, and I've, I've followed Zach Taylor very closely and I've written about him several times. To Zach's credit, he really, he really, uh, embraces that, encourages that in Burrow, I think. Uh, it's, you know, he doesn't see it as a potential vulnerability just because it's different than his personality. He sees it as an advantage. Um, and, and, you know, I think one, one thing that I really like about Zach is, you know, he's sort of got a way of doing things, but he's, he really understands the way that, that different people uh, are motivated, uh, are, you know, carry themselves. Uh, he can relate to a lot of different people. And, and I think he and Burrow have hit it off in part because Zach has, has sort of nurtured those qualities that he sees in Joe that are different than his own. Yeah. I, I, and, and, and you pointed out, if you saw the photo of uh, Joe Burrow coming in and then out of the game, he was wearing a bedazzled, what was yeah. that, a bedazzled Nike like, swoosh? Yeah, it was like Brian Bosworth in 1986. Uh, <laughs> and, and somebody asked him post-game, you know, are the are the the diamonds in that necklace are they real? And he said, you know, I he basically said I make too much too much money for them not to be real, uh, which is just a wonderful thing to say. I mean, I uh, if, if you if if you're picking a quarterback to go in an Arrowhead Stadium in January, you know that's the type of attitude that you want. And I and again, I think that gets that. You know, uh, oh, yeah. so Burrow is. I don't know. People don't fully, you know, he's just going to become a huge name in the NFL in the next five years, obviously. Uh, but, but I think, you know, I think people are just sort of scratching the surface of that personality. I mean, it's, it kind of started at LSU and, uh, but, but he's just got this kind of this, uh, you know, air of inevitability or, or cockiness about him that it, that makes him um, kind of irresistible. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna develop some some enemies too along the way. Yeah, uh, but he, but he's gonna be a really fun addition to the NFL hierarchy just because of you know he doesn't shy away from from uh, from attention. That's for sure. Most unified uh, most unified Nebraska fan base Super Bowl since. Sue made it since Burkhead was on the team since the Craig Rathman 49ers since Irving Fryer in 1986 against the Bears 85 86 mm-hmm. yeah I mean you know even those 49ers ones they were usually going against Denver yeah and there were a lot of a lot of Denver fans yeah. in Nebraska yeah. um yeah I, I, I don't know that's why I like the 49ers at the time I don't know. And maybe because uh yeah, and you had the Sue David thing, but they were going up against the Chiefs, so that didn't do that didn't work. I don't know. I think it's a, that's a fascinating question too. I think it's No, if they don't if they don't open up a Pinnacle Bank Arena, you know, to the fan base to watch it on the big screen, I don't even know what they're thinking. Forget that. Open up one of the uh preschools Joe Burrow went to. There's got to be By the way, I hope we have a an outpouring of kids uh parents in Lincoln who had kids around 1996, 97 go through all their preschool pics of their kids on field trips and all those sorts of things <laughs> and look for little uh, Joey Burrow in the preschool class in 2001. We need some galleries of that here for the next two weeks. I think. Yeah, they're think all over. He was all over. Until, you think it's a good idea until a TMZ reporter shows up and wants to uncover you know, something Joe did in the preschool at age five? Uh, <laughs> breaking, Joe was a biter. <laughs> uh, that's... That's kind of the extent of Super Bowl media coverage, uh, you know, with with some right. outlets that we'll see over the next couple of weeks. So.
Fair enough. Um, I'm going to bring up Nebraska basketball, so take a seat. Don't Derek. do it, Jack. I'm Don't gonna... do it. Here was the theory I proposed on the air earlier today. Okay. Objectively, there is, there is, abs- I, I cannot just, there's no reason based on performance or potential for the future that you stay the course with the, with the Hoiberg era at Nebraska basketball. I can't, like, I, I honestly can't find one. I realize money could play in, um, and that might change things. I don't know how that'll work. If that is the case and they feel like they need to go forward because of that reason, to me, there is one last Hail Mary left to keep the fan base. Um, because, as you know from following me, I have I have detached from making that team appointment viewing in a way I haven't ever in my life, which is really sad, but that's where I am right now, and I think a lot of people might be, even when times were rough in the past. To me, though, if you could pull off this coup, and it would absolutely be a coup, but you could keep Bryce McGowan's to stay for a second year and bring back the vast majority of this team, and and make changes on the staff, change around the contract. That to me is the is the one potential escape hatch here. Do you agree? You I know you probably agree with me and everybody. That's a complete long shot. But is that a potential escape hatch here? Yeah, I just don't think it's very practical. I mean, I, I nothing against Bryce. I mean, I I just don't I don't foresee. I don't foresee him coming back. I don't either. Uh, even I don't if, either. But even if he doesn't go to the NBA, it's like, um, you know, we've talked about this in years past, but it's it's really hard as a college athlete in any sport to to lose as much as they're losing and and you know have any sort of buy in for for another off season and another season of it. That's that's one of the dangers of bottom, bottoming out is, is you just sort of. Um, it turns into such a negative experience that it's hard to keep any continuity. So, um, okay, well, I don't know, Jack. I mean, it's I, I don't mean to throw throw uh, you know cold water on on what's already it's a hail mary. I mean, it's a hail mary. No, I don't uh, on what's already frozen ground. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, it, it just I don't know. It's it, the buyout thing is interesting because it's like it's not like his buyout disappears a year from now. So yeah. there's there's sort of you know they're stuck with eating a big chunk of that at some point if they want to fire him. Mean, if you, if you bring him back, you know it's sort of like it's a little bit like Frost in some ways because and Frost is in a better position to win, I think. But yeah. um, you know it, it has to happen so quickly that you don't even really have time to rebuild it. You know, let's say you started from scratch on April first and just say, okay, we 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 screwed up those first three years. We're starting now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, in theory that might work, but, but then you have basically a year to figure it out or six months to figure it out. And, you know, the, the, the clock is working against you so much that, um, that I don't even know if it's practical to, to do, to do a rebuild the right way. It's, they're just really in a bind right yeah, now. Okay. So if that's off the table though, is there, a, I mean, I don't know how you get any, I mean, I can't imagine what going into next year looks like in terms of fan buy-in, the gate, everything that you need to sort of have mom- any sort of momentum with this program. Like, what's the, what's the best-case scenario even look like then at that point if you don't, well, if you don't make the change? I, I totally agree. Um, I guess the, the philosophical question that you have to consider is uh, how much is that momentum necessary to improvement? You know, is there a scenario in which 
in which, you know, maybe you have 10,000 season ticket holders instead of 15,000. Maybe you have, you know, 8,000 people at the games. And, you know, does that actually preclude you from, from making progress next year? Or are those just, is that just window dressing? You know, can you, can you rebuild without all the enthusiasm and momentum that we like to talk about? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think from a performance standpoint, it can't get any worse. Like it literally can't get worse. So, um, you know, maybe you just bite the bullet and say, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to, if it goes bad, it's, we're going to have 4,000 people in the seats, but Jeez. you know, bottom line, that's, that's a risk worth taking right now based on all the other circumstances. Uh, I'm not saying that's what I would do. In fact, that's not what I would do. No, I'm but, just saying if but, you, I, I'm just saying what's got to be going through the, the, the Trev's head with the financial considerations and what biting the bullet would look like. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I mean, Nebraska is, should be, you know, highly motivated to make this work. Um, not, not just from a financial standpoint, but just, um, you know, Fred Hoiberg's a good, in theory, he's a, he's a good, a good fit. He's a good guy. He's, you know, um, all the, all the reasons that you were attracted three years ago are still potentially viable, but man, uh, just nothing has gone right. And I, I don't think there's any reason to think that, that it's going to turn around. And, uh, you know, the football sort of looms over this, the, um, there's the, the the COVID resources loom over this. I mean, there's all sorts of factors that that make this really bad timing for Nebraska basketball to make a change. Why I say the escape hatch? Get Bryce back somehow. Get get Bryce back. And I know again, I know that's hail mary, but that would significantly change the view, the trajectory of next year when he starts as an All Big Ten player. You know, as sho- as shocking as it was when he chose Nebraska, um, it would be. Three times more shocking yeah, if he, if he right. chose to come back. You're probably right, but hey, NIL, baby. Let's go. Figure out that NIL. It's <laughs> just up. like first round NBA money. Very simple. And by the way, a little bit tongue in cheek here, but maybe not totally. The other option that you've got in your arsenal to increase fan attendance next year? Beer. Not kidding. <laughs> not kidding. Well, well, gonna, I wouldn't be surprised. They're, they're, they might need it just to get through 40 minutes. So. I wouldn't be surprised if next year is the first year you see beer at Pinnacle Bank Arena. I always said when the when the crowds start to dwindle, that's when they'll take it seriously. All right. Hey, good convo, Dirk. Uh, I'll enjoy reading your column. That was my idea. Have a good one, all right? <laughs> all right. Take care. <laughs> good Dirk Chatlin, Omaha World Herald, 856. Wrap up the show up to this on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Sure. All right, that is it for the show. We're going to back he be back here tomorrow on a Tuesday morning. Looking forward to that. We'll talk to John Baylor about the new volleyball transfer from Penn State. Talk to Joe Jordan about Nebraska news and politics. All the news from today. We'll see you bright and early then tomorrow, at 6 a.m. It is 9 o'clock. KLIM Lincoln.